It's time for your Morning Jam weather, brought to you by WDBJ7. I'm meteorologist Brent Watts. Sunshine today, warming to the upper 50s. Clouds roll in tonight with a low of 43. We'll turn mostly cloudy on Thursday. Highs at 65 with a rain developing by the evening as remnants of Nicole head in. Lows at 58. Veterans Day Friday, rainy, heavy rain at times with a high of 67. Look for the rain to end late Friday night. Currently 43 degrees in Lynchburg, 43 in Bedford, 38 in Roanoke, 45 in Danville, 43 in Appomattox, 42 in Amherst. Well, I think there was some partying going on in Lynchburg. We've got uh, Chris Feraldi on the line. Good morning, friend. Good morning. Oh, good morning it is. Wow. Good morning. <laughs> what time did you get to bed last night, should I even ask? Uh, I got to bed probably at a decent hour, 11.30 or so, but uh, you know, you, you wake back up again at 3 a.m. because you're, you're full of jitters, and <laughs> I probably ate a grand total of 600 calories yesterday just flying all over the place. But uh, I'm one of those folks that the uh, the daylight savings change time really messes with me. So putting yeah. that in conjunction with the election, I, 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 my body is all over the place, I'll tell you. Right, because you were ready. I, I, my kids are texting me at 730 and like I'm already asleep. <laughs> it's just so sad. So tell me well, about yesterday. Tell me uh, tell me everything. Uh, Janet, uh, you know, the, the I think what we saw is is both, in line what uh, nationally we're, we're seeing in the news, but contrary to the result, which is interesting. So nationally, we're seeing in some places uh, that Democrat turnout just really wasn't there. Uh, moderate turnout uh, in a lot of different areas. But then what we're also seeing is um, in Lynchburg, we're seeing a Republican victory uh, uh, for candidates. And so that's that's interesting because we're also we're, we're seeing nationally that some of the um, uh, congressional areas didn't go red when they when we were expecting them to even here in the Commonwealth but here in Lynchburg not not the narrative we we saw a complete sweep of Lynchburg City Council seats now there is one precinct remaining it's the it's the last mail-in votes to come in um, a, a slight margin of victory for. Uh, for the third Republican, Marty Mischens, um, as opposed to the fourth candidate. So uh, we'll be watching that very closely. But but we swept this thing outright. And regardless of what happens, uh, we know we're going to have a Republican majority in Lynchburg for the first time since 1999, just to give some perspective. I mean, that, that, is, that is historic for the city. I, it's I the, haven't it's seen the only it city, since I've been here. It's the only city in Virginia that has a functional Republican majority. That's that's incredible. Yeah, it really is. So tell us exactly, I had somebody um, text me and say, so tell us exactly who the Lynchburg City Council will be made up of. So list yeah, those if, for us. Yeah, so if if the, the unofficial results, and they won't be official until they're actually certified by right. the, the state board, but uh, the official results would be uh, it'd be Jeff Elgo- Jeff Helgeson, Chris Feraldi, uh, who are already there. That's myself, and then uh, Stephanie Reed, Larry Taylor, Marty Missions, Mary Jane Dolan, and Sterling Wilder. And Lynchburg Republicans would would have a, a five-two majority on that. And uh, 
which means we've completely shifted balance of power uh, wow. for the city. And, and we're going to get right to work and, and laying out the agenda that, that, that has been, you know, just very simply laid out to Lynchburg voters and heavily bought into um, lower taxes, safer streets, uh, and, and better schools that are accountable and, and prioritize parents and ultimately look to bring an elected school board to the city. And, of course, the, the runaway winner yesterday was Stephanie, huh? <laughs> well, uh, if, you, if you were driving around Lynchburg yesterday and went to the polls and you saw um, if the sign war was any, any indication <laughs> of that, I think that was a, a slam dunk. <laughs> Stephanie, Stephanie has been a, a positive, uh, uh, zealous person who simply wants to do the right thing. I think she brought an element to this campaign that was needed, um, she's the first conservative woman ever elected to Lynchburg City Council. Um, she is bringing a fire for just simply doing what needs to be done and reflecting on what the broad consensus of Lynchburg really is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think she's going to be she's going to be dynamite. Larry Taylor, uh, I, I've often he's said, a dynamo in his own right. He is, but I've often said he, he, he is emblematic of what Lynchburg has to offer in every good way. He, he came here with nothing. He started his business, he, he grew his life, and he's been here 30 years, and he's made himself into a ministry leader, a business leader, and he's a man who works with his, with, with his hands, right. and now he's going to take that to, to Lynchburg City Council. I mean, that, that kind of representation is going to be absolutely gorgeous um, and beautiful to observe. Um, and, you know, he, he's an African-American man from downtown Lynchburg. He's run before. He's victorious last night. And, you know, he, he's going to offer a conservative perspective that I think is going to be very, very refreshing to have. And, then, and Marty Missions offers, look, it, it offers that a conservative message can win. A, a conservative message can win in this city and so long as these provisional ballots hold out and the, the mail-in ballots hold out, we're going to have a complete sweep of this thing. And it demonstrates that this Republican element, which has many different facts, factions to it, many different flavors, still won out in the city of Lynchburg. Um, and well, you're you can't see say it wasn't a majority. diverse ticket. That's for sure. That's, it. That, that's exactly right. You can't say that this Republican ticket wasn't the most diverse didn't offer every aspect of the current Republican uh, Party as it stands right now in the modern day. You can't see that we that, that Lynchburg didn't buy into it. it. It was it was absolutely amazing. Yeah, yeah, it, a beautiful thing to behold. And I know you're probably most excited because you've been swimming upstream for a while now, huh? <laughs> well, uh, not as long as, as others, but I'll tell you, uh, <laughs> you know, we we've been trying. Uh, to varying degrees to try to get new leadership to, to the city, um, like I said, for over 20 years. And I want to, you know, be, be honest here, but, but also maybe take some, 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 pat myself on the back to, to some degree. Uh, I find it interesting that, you know, within two, two and a half years of, of getting on city council, um, we, ha- we have a new majority. And so I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled, I'm humbled uh, that we're in this position. And most importantly, I am so, so excited to, to get to work on behalf of the citizens of Lynchburg and start delivering on, on what the mandate from when I ran was two years ago, very similar to the mandate from today, uh, which is to, to govern with the platform that we set out. 
And uh, man, I can't wait for January for everyone to get sworn in, and we start we start getting into budget season and start sending some money back to parents, investing in, in law enforcement. And, uh, and and prioritizing quality education, uh, for sure. We're getting uh, some questions texted to you this morning. Uh, one of the questions is, Chris, how long do you think it's going to be after January that we can start see, seeing some genuine changes in uh, Lynchburg government? Yeah, well, you'll start seeing it right away um, and in multitude of factors. First and foremost, you're going to see a council that's going to say, hey, we're ready to get into some of the, the nitty-gritty aspects of a city government that uh, need to be addressed. Why does it take two weeks for the leaves to be picked up? That's a prime example. Mm-hmm. That's also a prime example as to why, hey, um, if we can't trust the local government to be getting the leaves picked up on time, how do we know that, that we're, we're properly investing in prioritizing law enforcement and keeping citizens safe? That, that, that's, that's just a picture right there. Mm-hmm. Um, we're we're going to be calling on the city administration to do that. We need to be better about the simple things that local government's supposed to do. Why is the trash not being picked up in time? What do we need to do to do that and ensure that? Why are the leaves taking forever? And for and and the question was right away. We're going right into budget season, and you better believe that we're going to do what we're, we said we would do, and that's to offer substantial tax relief to the citizens of Lynchburg. It'll be in various pots. It might be all in one. That that's left to be seen. But what I can guarantee is we're going to offer substantial tax relief going into January, and the budget gets adopted in in May. So, you know, throughout next year, that's that's my hope. And we've also um, had several texts about you know safety and the violence that's going on mm-hmm. in um, in in the city. Uh, even I, I mean, I, I remember when you wanted to take a stand against the violence that took place against the Blue Ridge Pregnancy Center. You couldn't even get the council to do that. We couldn't. We couldn't. But you're going to see a council now that's ready and willing to stand up for what's right and what's wrong, uh, stand against to what's wrong. We're, we're ready to do that. And I think it also speaks to, you know, we're, I think this council would, would say to the city administration, we want a complete review of the policies that we have right now. Are we, are we pulling people over when they need to be pulled over? Are we, are we investigating the people we need to investigate? Why aren't we doing things to make sure that when, when criminals act up in this city, we're going after them? Why aren't we properly funding the Commonwealth Attorney's Office to prosecute crimes? Right. Um, that's absurd. Those are things, yes, within you know, moments of taking over, we can immediately petitioning and, and calling on and demanding that City Hall say, this is the direction we need to go. And we have a mandate from the voters to do so. Uh, well, so yeah, you've got a lot of folks time, but behind some of it you. Will be really quick. You have a lot of folks behind you, and of course, you got a lot of folks that are going to be holding you accountable too. And I know you're okay with that. That's it. We'll have some folks who are going to be questioning it and fighting it. And you know what? That's a part of this civic process, and mm-hmm. I and I welcome their comments too, and how we all can rally together and take Lynchburg forward. It's 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 not about putting the city first; it's putting out the citizens first. And I can tell you, that's what the Republican majority is going to do. Well, we appreciate you joining us this morning. It was uh, certainly a victorious day, to say the least. And now, go forth and conquer. <laughs> that's, uh, that's the plan. Thank you, Janet. All right. And uh, we'll, we'll be in touch. Thank you so much. Uh, it was a big day, no, day, no doubt about it. Hey, we're going to come back, and we're going to be talking about uh, Trump. We're getting some text in about whether or not Trump did more harm than good when we come back on The Morning Jam. We? Yeah.
We. I'm from the South. I was born and raised in Alabama. Before you fire I up the coffee maker, so turn sorry. on the morning jam. I had no. I wanna shoot, baby. Shoot. The Morning Jam, 6 to 9 a.m. We're glad you're listening to The Morning Jam. 866-916-3776 is our toll-free number. Would love to hear from you this morning. Donald Trump still in the news on Election Eve. Donald Trump kind of faked out the media by having the word spread that he was going to announce his candidacy at an Ohio rally so that he could take credit for the midterms. I don't know that he wants to take credit for these midterms. It wasn't nearly the red wave. It could have been, and some of us would say should have been. He told his his advisors he was strongly considering it. They told reporters many Republicans were upset with Trump. The notion that it could boost Democratic turnout yesterday. Trump sounds out advisors on a lot of things he doesn't wind up doing, but it's moot because he's been teasing a major announcement next Tuesday. We talked about that yesterday. Salty wasn't excited. As for what both sides are billing as the most important election of our lifetimes, it was a whole lot of too early to call in the early hours. That's hardly surprising, especially in key Senate races where the real clear politics we shared with you last week, the average had most of them within a percentage point, sometimes as tight as 0.4%. But the blizzard of raw vote totals was hard to follow and highly misleading with 7 or 8% of precincts reporting. It all depended on which part of the states were reporting. So in the crucial Georgia race, uh, Senator Raphael Warnock was ahead with 74% of the vote to 24% for Herschel Walker. Stacey Abrams, widely expected to lose for governor, was also leading incumbent Brian Kemp. So those figures were beyond meaningless. Furthering uh, complicating the coverage with record early voters was how and when mail-in ballots were counted. In Pennsylvania, for instance, the state is required to count mail-in ballots only after the same-day results are reported. That would mean the Democratic-leaning mail ballots will come in much later, enabling Fetterman and others to tighten the race against Oz. But there was nothing suspicious about that. There were a lot of people, both online and in the media, saying the biggest loser of the night was Donald Trump. Do you think he was the biggest loser of the night? I mean, I think he definitely hurt us. I think the the anti-MAGA strategy, it could have gone either way, but I think Donald Trump is, is hated so much that it would get people out to vote. I really do. And if he comes out and announces next Tuesday, I mean, I don't know going to be i mean he took on desantis he was saying nasty things about him several trump back candidates lost or just lagged behind and they're saying you know he wanted to take credit if he wants to take credit he's got to take credit for the mediocre performance as well we got jack all right jack good morning you're on the morning jam janet hey good morning janet um i appreciate you taking my call real quick about uh, just one aspect of the race in PA, the way I look at it, I think the biggest loser is the National Republican Party. 
And that is because on the Senate side in Pennsylvania, you put a guy up like Oz, very, yeah. very wobbly on a lot of things. And then, and then for the, for governor, you put a guy up like Mastriano, who is a solid conservative as far as I look at it, and with no support whatsoever from uh, the Republican Party in that race. I mean, he was a goner for, for like a year or two ago. He was a goner. Like, they were not going to throw any support with him. He got clobbered. Uh, they let Oz kind of meander through the night before it was finally called. But uh, the National Republicans, man, I, I wasn't excited about if they did take the House and Senate with a guy like McCarthy, and this just uh, sealed it for me. I, I think the, 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 the Republican Party doesn't know what they want to do. They don't know that, hey, we got a, a big constituency that's overwhelmingly conservative. Maybe we should appeal to our base first and try to bring in the independents to the fold later on and, and have a better platform and, and what we stand for and present that. But to me, they were the biggest losers. I'm not... I don't know about Trump right now. I think he could, probably could have kept quiet for another day or two. But uh, the National Republican Party, by the McConnells and the McCarthys and whoever else is lead the um, Rona McDa- McDaniels. Uh-huh. I mean, they, they're they're there's a, a lot mess. of fighting amongst that, themselves. Yeah, yeah, fighting amongst ourselves really doesn't it doesn't have it. I mean, come on, you you got a guy uh, like a DeSantis. And he he pairs it up in Florida. Now, yeah. granted, Florida changed a lot in the last couple of years. A lot of people leaving blue states and droves. They're going south. They're going to Florida mm-hmm. and other places. What he stuck to his guns. He's a he's a conservative. Right. Okay. Why can't Why can't the National Republican Party model a guy like this? Um, people that stand on principles. We've had some. Yeah, we had some principled people uh, win in some uh, house races, but my gosh, man, I I just I couldn't believe I just really couldn't believe what happened last night. It was such a nothing. Nothing changed. We're going to wake up today. We're basically going to have the same government. Um, well, and, I, I do uh, think the house is going to be able to pump the brakes some, at least in spending. I hope. Um, yeah. Uh, you know yeah. that is my hope but i do I, and everybody knows i voted for trump but i i was reluctant in my votes for trump and i sure. think he hurts us especially now i think we've learned a lot from yeah. trump and i think we need to take yeah. away from what we've learned from trump his policies work no doubt about that yeah um but right. what doesn't work is his attitude and the way he his, his blusteriness yeah yeah yeah, style and messaging. <clears throat> I completely agree with you. I was, I was the same way in 2016. I really, I wasn't a Trump, you know, for in the primary season. Right, but, not, not but look, not. you know, you get when 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 we do the Republican Party also has a problem when we do get a guy that we, we're whoever we decide on in the primaries. By gosh, stick to that. I mean, we don't have we have a party that splits up at the worst. Oh, they eat their own young. They're one hundred percent on board. Right. <laughs> yeah, they're one hundred percent. They'll put up. Uh, oh, did I lose them? One hundred. But but the Republicans can't. They got to keep fighting. Keep. Oh, I, I just don't know. I just don't know. And it and that's why we can't do anything in a national election. Like it just it just boggles my mind. But anyway, I'll let you go, Janet. 
thank you for taking my call. Honey. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. I think he's right. I, I think, and we see it locally. We see it within the state where you've had some good candidates and then uh, the GOP does not get behind them. They won't support them. Um, I mean, I, I saw it with just with an event I did not that long ago. It should have been a topic that everybody was on board with. Everybody should have been on board. Everybody should have been participating with it. But because a, a couple of people felt threatened, they they made phone calls. They made sure that some people didn't show up. Uh, and, and there was fighting amongst themselves. And that is ridiculous. I can tell you one thing. The liberals don't do that. They are really good at singing from the same hymn book. They may not always be getting along, but when it comes to showing a united front, they do get that part done for sure. Coming up, we have your uh, headlines on the way with Kimberly McBroom. She's going to take a look at some of the election returns. It was a very different story in Roanoke than it was in Lynchburg. The Republicans swept, did very well in the Hill City, but the Dems swept in uh, Roanoke. So very different stories there. And we'll also take a look at some uh, holiday stories that are coming up as well. And then Tropical Storm Nicole, it's nearing hurricane strength. It's expected to become a Cat 1 ahead of Florida landfall. We'll take a look at that. And in the 8 o'clock hour, we're going to be talking with Jim Crisula from CBS News. He's in Georgia, and he's going to give us a rundown as he sees it on yesterday's midterm results. Thanks so much for joining us. Keep our number handy, 866-916-3776. If you have some thoughts on yesterday's midterm results, if you have some thoughts on why perhaps the Republicans didn't do as well as they could have or should have, we'd like to know what you think here on The Morning Jam. It's time for your Morning Jam weather, brought to you by WDBJ7. I'm meteorologist Brent Watts. Sunshine today, warming to the upper 50s. Clouds roll in tonight with a low of 43. We'll turn mostly cloudy on Thursday. Highs at 65 with a rain developing by the evening as remnants of Nicole head in. Lows at 58. Veterans Day Friday, rainy, heavy rain at times with a high of 67. Look for the rain to end late Friday night. 43 degrees in Lynchburg and Bedford, 40 in Roanoke, 38 in Salem, 46 in Danville, 43 in Appomattox, 42 in Amherst. Well, I was reading an article last night talking about Virginia's mass exodus of teachers. And the article asked us, does this reflect the state of education? Followed by, oh, let's hope not. The state's teachers point to low morale and low satisfaction since the start of the pandemic as their primary reason for leaving, uh, driven by several other factors, including a lack of respect and student behavior. Short staffing is a 
prominent theme we're hearing with businesses across the country, but it's not just in business. It's in our school system as well. Teachers are citing inadequate pay, lack of respect, and poor working conditions among the extensive list of reasons why they're leaving the profession. Nowadays, educators are expected to go above and beyond their contracted duties with little to no compensation for their work, a daunting reality considering that their extra efforts often come out of their own pockets. Recently, the National Education Association asked its members how much they spend on classroom supplies. Here were a few responses that might give us a little bit of of shed some light on it. One teacher said, at least $200 on snacks alone. Many kids come with snacks, but I have super severe food allergies in my room, and I have anxiety, so I'd rather my students take from an allergy-approved stockpile then unknowingly bring something that's going to put another kid into shock. Throughout each year, I spend at least $1,000 on online subscription books for the classroom library, storage bins, winter hats and mittens, and snacks, said another. Unfortunately, the generosity of America's teachers isn't enough to keep them going in a field that's becoming increasingly difficult to manage. That's especially true for Virginia educators. According to a report released this week from the Joint Legislative Audit and Review Commission, the state is losing more teachers than it's bringing in. Based on the data, 10,900 teachers left the profession before the school year, and only 7,208 educators with first-time licenses were hired. Virginia teachers point to low morale, low satisfaction, since the start of the pandemic as their primary reason, 56% said the challenging student population and their behavior is a very serious issue. 52% cited low pay. 47% said they lack respect from parents and the public. 40% had trouble managing the workload due to being short-staffed. In addition, The state struggles to maintain staff. The pool of eligible teachers is also shrinking. Division also expressed concern about the declining quality of teacher applicants during the pandemic. Nearly all divisions surveyed indicated that an inadequate applicant pool for open positions was among the biggest challenges to meeting staffing needs. One human resource director said, I'm surprised when we get an application from a fully qualified teacher. That's sad. What is going on in our school systems? Could it be that they're so distracted by everything other than teaching? And that's why some of these teachers aren't going into the fray? And can you blame them for not doing that? Earlier, I was talking about a new club, an after-school club at Jefferson Forest High School It's the after-school Satan Club. I thought it was a joke. I thought this was some type of satire group or something uh, because it was an after-school Satan Club family movie night hosted by the Friends of the Satanic Temple, Virginia, featuring Ferngully. So I started doing a little research trying to, to find out exactly what the Satanic Temple was. And, and, I, and I did. Um, of course, I started out by going, maybe I'm misunderstanding. So I, 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 th- 
thought, well, what? how do people define Satanism now? Because, you know, they're constantly changing the definition of things. Um, so the definition of Satanism is the worship of Satan, typically involving a travesty of Christian symbols and practices, such as placing crosses upside down, etc. Um, Satanism is a group of philosophical beliefs based on Satan. Contemporary religious practice of Satanism began with the founding of the atheistic church of Satan. So the Satan temple, here's some things that you may or may not know. Uh, it is headquartered in Salem, Massachusetts. It has chapters in Texas, Georgia, Arkansas, Illinois, Virginia. Um, they have been very successful in having, well, one, they had members place a statue of the devil outside the Oklahoma State Building next to a large wall sculpture of the Ten Commandments. Uh, the message being that all religions need equal consideration in government spaces. Um, the visibility of the Satanic Temple has sparked plenty of curiosity. Uh, big division, of course, between um, the, the Satanic Temple and the Church of Satan. Apparently, those are not the same thing, just so you know. Uh, the Satanic Temple does not officially practice magic. They are into protesting and using elements of ritual when they're protesting. They don't believe in a literal being as Satan. So after, so basically, they, they don't want people to believe that there is a God or a Satan. So it's almost like they're mocking Satan. And now there is a group in Bedford County Schools. And they've got an after-school program there. And I'm just wondering if you have kids in Bedford County Schools, how do you feel about that? Is that okay? Or is that something that we need to stand up against? Or is it something that just something else that we're going to let slide? And it's no big deal. I, I can't believe that people aren't. And I know that they're just trying to get under our skin. I know they're probably just looking for a lawsuit. But this is not something that you play with. I mean, they are going after our children to try to make them believe that there is no God. There is no Satan. There is no evil. All the while, evil is taking over our whole country. And quite frankly, our communities. It's just seeping in. And we don't seem to be doing anything about it. 866-916-3776 if you have anything to say about it. I mean, I don't have kids in Bedford County Schools. But it seems to me like people were a whole lot more upset over a drag show than they are about an after-school Satan club, which boggles my mind. I don't get it. How can you be more upset about that than you are about this? Getting some text in about the midterm results. Says the big wave became a little red ripple 
It's time for a new party, a constitutional party. Republican Party is weak and ineffectual. Trump did more harm than good. He was like a bragging bully. His time has come and gone. Okay. We had a caller a minute ago who said he thought the biggest loser was the GOP themselves because they didn't get behind their uh, candidates as they should have. Have another text that says, so thankful for the people of Lynchburg this morning. We've struggled with a liberal city council for decades. Finally have a chance to make things better. Uh, Can't help who the idiots in other states vote for. We did our part in Lynchburg. Okay, Tim. I hear you. And we talked with Chris Feraldi. If you missed that, you can go back and listen to it a little bit later on this morning. Chris says, shortly after January 1, you're going to see some significant changes in Lynchburg City Council. And we'll hold him accountable for that. I think uh, he and Hegelson have been swimming upstream for a while now, for sure. Uh, Randy Nelson sometimes would lean more uh, to conservative values, small government values, but now he's resigning. Matter of fact, I think uh, today is his last day on council. So we'll see how that goes. We're going to be back here on uh, the Morning Jam, and we're going to be talking about how Elon Musk has been deactivating some accounts. We'll tell you why. And then Casey Anthony is breaking silence on what she says happened to her daughter Kaylee in a brand new docuseries. All that coming up on the Morning Jam. Six to nine AM Clock strikes upon the hour and the sun begins to fade. Still enough time to figure out how to chase my blues The definition of the word jam. To pack something tightly. A machine seizing or becoming stuck. A sweet preserve made from fruit. A Common Sense Radio Talk Show. The Morning Jam. Well, there has been some uh, shots fired on Twitter as uh, Elon Musk has deactivated some accounts. Many Twitters are calling foul on Musk plans to charge $8 a month for a blue verified check mark. The company's new CEO showed Kathy Griffith that nobody's above the company's terms and conditions. Kathy and some other users, including for a short time Valerie Bertinelli, thought it would be funny and snarky to post a new uh, protest the new charge by turning their tri- Twitter handles to Elon Musk. However, impersonating somebody on Twitter has always been ban-worthy. And so uh, Musk, in turn, switched off Griffin's access to her account. Uh, Elon then added, if she really wants to have her account back, uh, she can for only $8. <laughs> he says that uh, he actually turned off her account for impersonating not him, but uh, a comedian. So I thought that was pretty funny. We're going to go to the calls now. Good morning. You're on the morning, Jam. Hi. 
Good morning. Hi, who's this? Hi, this is Michelle Spain from Forest, Virginia. How are you? I'm good, Michelle. How are you? I'm doing well. I was calling about um, my opinion about this Satanic Temple show coming to the Jefferson Forest High School mm-hmm. uh, Theater Department. Um, I just think that it's just a shame that, you know, there's so many you know, good shows and good books and things that we could be teaching our children, especially when we're lacking with academics. And they just are introducing things to our children that are very young and impression. You know, their minds are just very immature. And this is a form of indoctrination. And I just, I just think it's really a poor decision. I would love to know you know, how this gets approved to be at this venue and who's making these decisions. And I really think that people are lost on keeping our children at the forefront of everything. You know, every decision we do and make has consequences. And when you're talking about children, we're really supposed to just, you know, give them the tools and everything that they need, the exposures that they need that, you know, allow them to grow and be healthy. And when you're introducing things of, you know, this nature, it's, it's not healthy. And if you want to do this when you're over 18 or 21, that's one thing. But not in our schools. And certainly, I would think the greater populace of that school would not be on board with such a decision like this. And I realize it's, you know, probably an extension of, a political ruse it's it's absolutely if you look at it if you look at at this whole the satanic temple which actually started in massachusetts this is this whole thing is about going after christianity um going after christianity in the schools and i want to be clear this isn't affiliated with the theater club this is a this is an after school satan club this is its own thing and they're the ones that are right. presenting this family movie night, uh, free for kids four and under. And then afterwards, they'll discuss yeah. the values of the Satanic Temple. So, absolutely. <sighs> and why would you have it at that particular venue either? I mean, that there's so many other places that you know I would think that you could do. And I wouldn't think that the school would want to be affiliated with such. But they're playing a political game, Shell. That's what they're doing. They're playing a political yeah. game because yeah. there are churches who meet at that school. And they're saying those churches shouldn't be able to meet at that school. So that's fine. If you're going to have a church meet there, we're going to have an after-school Satan club. And they're using our children and exposing them to this to get a political point across. That's all it is. Absolutely. I would be interested just to see... And talk with the parents that are going to, you know, come to this and, and, and let their children be a part of this or witness this or view this. And, you know, it sort of goes from here over to the political arena. We just have to fight harder. We have to really get unified in what our fights need to do and attend to in regards to our children in this country. Well, I mean, I, I never thought I would see... Um people using their children parading them around with rainbow flags at the the uh at the theater downtown at the academy of fine arts but they were so i know yeah thank you so much for calling in it's sad yeah it is sad and we need to be in prayer because we know that god is real and the devil is 
too, as, as sadly. All right. Thank you, dear. All right. We got another call um, on line two. Good morning. You're on the morning jam. Good morning, Janet. This is Lester. I sent you a song on uh, uh, the message. Uh, 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 I'm on the winning side. Okay. <laughs> Did you do some winning yesterday? Well, let me tell you what happened. I went up to, to uh, Boohoo with my friend Linda, a girl I went to school with years ago. She lives in Camp Grant. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I said, I'm so sorry Philly lost the World Series. She said, I pulled from both sides. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Can you believe that? Uh, that's hard to believe. For sure. Yeah. We on the winning side. We just got to keep slugging. I know. That's right. We just got to keep fighting. Lester, thank you for calling in this morning. I really appreciate it. Oh, my goodness. All right. Um, We were talking about Elon Musk before we took those calls. If you have a comment about the after Satan Club, after school club at uh, Jefferson Forest High School, you are also welcome to call in 866-916-3776. What's the craziest club we can make? <laughs> I don't know. There, the salty the salty fan appreciation club. Let's there was do a, it. There was a kazoo club. Hey. There I, was a I could rock a kazoo. Their big uh their big hit Virginia was Virginia Tech has a chocolate milk club. Dead and skunk a, in the uh, middle of the road. That was their actually, big song. They have a uh, bendy straw club. So, like, you couldn't get a bendy straw in the dining hall. So, there was, like, a club where you could pay, like, three bucks a month, and they would give you, like, a bunch of bendy straws so you would have those wherever you went. Wow. I wasn't in either of those. Well, at, le- well, at least it's more benign than a Satan club. So, we there do probably have that was a Satan us. club at Virginia Tech. There probably was. Uh, someone said uh, because Elon Musk turned off Kathy's... Um, Twitter so much for free speech, Elon Musk. Now look, you can't impersonate somebody else on social media. If that's found out, they can get rid of you. I will say So I think he was legit in doing he, that. He kinda was ironic where he tweeted like when he first got Twitter that Twitter was gonna be politically neutral and then he tweets <laughs> like two days later, We should vote for a Republican Congress. It's like Okay, yeah, but, dude. Well, but I think I think his point was, if you're a Democrat, you can put out what you want to. If you're yeah. a Republican, you can put out for what you want to. I'm just I saying, like, coming point. from him, it was a little, I don't want to say hypocritical, it's just ironic is probably a better way to put it. I, and I'm not saying I agree or disagree with his Look, point. Look, if you I put just, that up on uh, Facebook, they probably just take it down altogether. That's a fair point. Meta yeah. is firing people, like 13%, uh, 13% or 11% that just came out today. They're laying people off. So. Mm, following uh, Elon's cues, I guess. Somebody else texted in about the Trump factor in the midterms. They said Trump is like the ex-controlling spouse who can't believe his ex-wife found a new love that's better than he is. I think that's probably accurate, especially with the DeSantis thing. I think that's very accurate. I can relate to that. Coming up, we're going to have your uh, CBS News, so they'll have some of the latest election coverage there. Also, Bill Trefiro from the Roanoke News Desk is going to be joining us. And then in the 8 o'clock hour, we're going to be talking with uh, Jim Crisula. I love him. Uh, He's with CBS News. He's in Georgia covering the midterms, and he's going to talk to us about uh, what's going on Uh, as far as what he was seeing yesterday and maybe some of his thoughts on how all that shook out. Uh, We're also keeping an eye on Florida in more ways than one as Tropical Storm Nicole is making its way in. It's uh, nearing hurricane strength. It's expected to become a Cat 1 ahead of Florida landfall. 
And uh, it, it looks like uh, DeSantis has issued a state of emergency for 34 counties and thousands of residents living along Florida's east coast. They've been asked to evacuate. It's a very large storm, uh, regardless of its strength as it approaches Florida and the southeastern U.S., threat of heavy rain and flooding will extend all the way to the mid-atlantic and northeast by friday and saturday we're expected to see quite a bit of rain on friday and into saturday morning as much as two to three inches is what they were saying last night and winds up to 15 miles an hour so we'll keep a eye on that stay tuned more is yet to come as we enter into hour three here on the morning jam i'm janet rose thanks for listening to the virginia talk radio network Listening to the Virginia Talk Radio Network, 100.9 WIQO Forest and 106.3 WMNA FM Greta Danville.